And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's wild and wonderful. What's going to happen? We have no idea. Let's sit back and enjoy the ride. Can I get a Wowser Bowser Wednesday? Because God is in charge of this crazy bus called the Christian Journey. First, as we grow and become more like Jesus, it's essential to know where we came from, where we are, and where we're going as much as the Lord permits. The Christian journey is not just a hodgepodge of puzzle pieces thrown together to make make a picture. It's a divine design. Did you get that? It's a divine design that has purpose and intent. It is often manifested in various stages of growth. We examine a classic portrait of that very thing. Next, the first and primary message from the Apostle John in his gospel and the epistles is that God is light. The imagery that starts this pathway is that we are all in darkness, and that darkness separated us from God because he is light. So therefore, step one is for the light to come to the darkness, our darkness. In our own lives, there was nothing, but then a light started shining, and suddenly we could see. We see this in the beginning of creation when God said, let there be light. And finally, we often fail to realize before we examine the next spiritual step that the light initiates to the darkness and not darkness to the light. In other words, God initiates all fellowship and relationships simply by the truth that he created people. Without that step, there is no fellowship with God. If God didn't create people, there'd be no fellowship with God. Who started this whole thing? God did. Who initiated this whole thing? God did. Why did God initiate this? Because God loves us. Why does he reach out to you and me? Because God is love. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Spiritual observations. My life's insanities and oy vey, So much more. Hey. We're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us during the show, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us. Yeah, 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 you can do it. You can call us at 972 770. That's 972-445-0770. When you make that phone call, you'll talk to Captain Chris. You know what that's like? That's like your rent check clearing. Hello! And then you will be... Sailing takes me away to where I'm going. 
That's a big deal. I just want to say <laughs> check clear. Kind of important. I don't know. I think so. Uh, bottom line, you might have a thought, an opinion, a comment, or a question. You might have something going on in your mind. You might be thinking, hmm, I think I'll ask about this. You're welcome to do that. Don't ask me a lot about physics. I don't know a lot about physics. 2 plus 2 is 27. Here's what you got to know. You got to know that if you want to share something with your brothers and sisters, it's cool to do so. It's an opportunity to share something that the Lord's been blessing you, guiding you, and teaching you, directing you. That's great. If you need the, the faith of others to join your faith, fantastic. Let's do that, and let's pray for you over whatever situation you're going through. Maybe you just want to, you know, kind of share that, uh, you know, maybe you're, where you're at in life. That's fine, too. It's good for people to know what things are going on. Or maybe you even have an answer to Bible trivia, like this question, who was the sister of Jesus's friends, Lazarus and Mary? Who was the sister of Jesus's friends, Lazarus and Mary. If you think you know the answer, it's simple. You can reach out to us and call 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. And you can also send an email, david at he must increase. Dot org. You can do any of those things. Do have somebody calling in. I do want you guys to remember, it's not professional radio. It's just radio. And that's why you can call and ask questions and talk and engage and do whatever. It is a cross between Steve Martin, Sean Hannity, and Focus on the Family. Maybe a little bit leaning to Steve Martin. <laughs> maybe, maybe a smidge or two from my personal perspective. But eh. Yeah, what do you want? Uh, somebody ready to answer the trivia question? All right, here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Gary. Hey, Gary. Great to hear your voice. Great to hear from you. I hope you're doing pretty good. Well, I'm alive. I can get you know better. What? I can get better. That's better. That's better than not in one capacity. Then the yeah. other capacity, you get to be with the Lord. I'm mean, just saying, I, I fully get that. Here's not a difficult question. It's phrased weird, but it's not that tough. Who was the sister of Jesus's friends, Lazarus and Mary? Martha. That is correct, sir! And, and I must confess that I would say about half my Christian walk, I think I was more Mary-like, and then the other half of my Christian walk maybe more Martha-like, you know? You're kind of like split. I don't know. Do you ever feel like you're kind of like, well, I'm being a little bit of a Martha in this, or I'm being a little bit of a... you ever think that way? Uh, maybe a little bit, maybe. <laughs> it's just when you have to get everything controlled and make sure everything's perfect, it's like, okay, that's bad. <laughs> well, I, I went to church Sunday, and I prayed for you, your staff, and your family. Oh, I really appreciate that. We need those prayers, especially for Easton and for Julianne and Jared. They told me they're really, really tired, and that's my big, big concern for them, and just I want people to keep praying for them, and I really appreciate you doing that. Well, I, I prayed for all of you there. Thank you so much, sir. And your listeners, it. too. Yeah. I pray for them. Awesome. Excellent job. Thank you, my brother. Okay. Thank you. All right. God bless. All right, great to hear from Gary, good friend. All right, so I want to talk to you about something about Scripture we're going to get into in a second, but I want to, I want to bring something up that a lot of people may not recognize when you go to church. So I'm going to, I'm going to 
there off the text for a split second. What a shock that is. And explain something to you. Uh, I was at a uh, meeting, a, a, a service, and Tommy Barnett was preaching. And uh, Tommy Barnett, for those that don't know, back in the day, just phenomenal teacher, phenomenal witnesser, did a lot of programs. He's, you know, did a lot of great work. It's not that anybody's life is perfect. He just did a great job, and that's awesome. And uh, uh, he was teaching this message, and this couple that were that was behind me, I knew them. And the girl leans over and he goes, "Oh, she goes, oh, I've heard this message before." And I remember, and and she was like, oh, I kind of know what he's going to say because she had heard him preach this message before. And I've never forgotten that. I know you guys think that's kind of a weird thing, but those are the little quirky, weird things that take place in our lives. And so we got to talking afterwards, and I said, you know, I said, first of all, Jesus had repetitive messages. And if you don't, if you've never read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you wouldn't know that. But if you've read the synoptic gospels, they're called synoptic for a reason. And the reason the Lord does repetitive messages is because we need it. (laughs) Because we act like you heard it once, you get it. No, you don't. That's why it's being reinforced and reinforced and reinforced. That's the first thing. The second thing is that when you are one age, let's just use me in the beginning, when I'm 25 and I hear a message and then that same message comes in my direction and I'm 35, I hear it differently. And when I'm 45, I hear it differently. And when I'm 55, I hear it differently. The message might not be different, but I am. And so it affects me differently. The other part about this, and this is the part I really like, is I've sat through uh, teachers and they'll do uh, certain repetitive series and messages. And what I always find amazing is that there's always an angle I didn't catch if I get through the first layer and I start looking deeper into what's being taught. I always go, oh, yeah, look at that. And it's like there's always more to examine. There's always a deeper place to go. And the final thing I would say about that, I'm not even saying that for me. I'm saying that for, for all of you, not for this show. We do a lot of pretty unique stuff. But but for when you're at church, when the pastor's preaching on a subject and you've heard this subject a hundred times, it's just as likely— that God is trying to create a new alignment in your life through that teaching, which then requires you to really concentrate and listen more carefully. The Lord doesn't waste his words. He repeats things for a reason. Peter in his uh, epistle says, I repeat this for your benefit. There's a reason that that takes place in our lives. There's a reason that the synoptics happen and that they're unfolded the way they are. And that's because we catch messages from God and we get it and we say yes and amen. But that doesn't produce 30, 60, or 100-fold if we just hear it and we don't actively do it. And I hate to say it this way because this is the, it's the best example in the world. It's like a diet. <laughs> so if you are not constantly encouraged and constantly engaged, you are not constantly losing. <laughs> that is just the fact. And so in Christianity, if you are not constantly aware and constantly learning and constantly applying, you are often not constantly growing. That's just the truth. All right. We'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Who is David Spoon? I have no idea. People have asked me about the David Spoon Experience. They wanted to know what I thought of them. 
Like any person searching for answers, I have wondered about him. He was born and raised Jewish, and after intense drug use, became a Christian. He's married to his best friend, Noel, has three children, six grandchildren, plus two dogs named Levi and Bert. He has three separate ordinations from three different denominations and is a summa cum laude for his B.A. degree in ministry and leadership, as well as a master's degree of theological studies and is involved in a Ph.D. program. He has a weird sense of humor and talks a lot. If people are seeking wisdom and insight from the great teachers around the world, would they go to David? No, I don't think so. And those big ears really don't help him. But would they enjoy his perspective on life, culture, politics, food, sports, local and national news? I don't know. I guess people will have to listen to find out. What is the David Spoon experience? You get into the Word of God and something's going to happen that will blow your mind. Ready? The law of the Lord is perfect, Psalm 119.7 says, able to restore the soul. And I've been in I've been doing this for a long time, and in my 42 and a half years of devotions and in my diligent devotion time, I kind of separate that between the two. I cannot tell you, it must be thousands of times where my attitude has been, and then I've went into the Word of God, and I came out different. It wasn't anything that I did as much as God speaking into me what he knows about his creation. And so I'm asking you, I'm pleading with you, even if you've been a Christian for 50 years, for 60 years, nay, for 70 years, like the Apostle John was on the island of Patmos, be in the word of God. It is alive. And it will give life and impart life to you through God's spirit. People come and they read the Word of God, and they're like, well, I get nothing out of it. Well, they don't mix it with faith. And the Word of God, the promises of God not mixed with faith are useless because you have to be engaged with God and know he's going to speak. And people are like, well, that's a, that's a lot of requirement for me to get in there and read the Word of God. You want me actually to believe that God's going to speak to me? Yes, because he will And if you don't, you won't hear them. So when you open up that book, take 30 seconds, more than you ever have before, and say, just in this moment, just at this time, tune me in, Lord. Help me to hear what you have to say. Speak to me and let your word breathe life into me. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. We, uh, by the way, it's uh, KAAM 770. It's not just the truth station, but it's KAAM, the truth station. Uh, Here's your next trivia question in Genesis. Which is the first couple to pretend to be brother and sister rather than husband and wife? Who would do such a thing? Why, they can't be a great person, people of God, can they? 
Uh, if you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. That'd be the number to call. 214-210-8483. That would be the number to text. And then David at he must increase.org. That would be the email. I will tell you, and I'm just telling you guys because I just showed this to Chris, that I have my, most people know I have my $1.17 Chromebook here. The power cord has ceased to function. (laughs) Is that that a good way to say that? It's accurate. Yeah. There's uh, like tape on it and there's like metal showing and I was looking at my uh, thing and it's uh, it's uh, it's over. (laughs) It's over. So uh, I might have another day out of this before I can get a cord. So if you're sending emails, take advantage now. Otherwise, uh, yeah, that ain't going to work for you. Uh, I'm just telling you up ahead of time. We'll still be able to text and call, but the emails could be running short depending on what takes place. We don't get a lot of emails, but get enough to make a difference. Uh, Okay, so the trivia question. In Genesis, which couple pretended, first couple, that pretended to be brother and sister rather than husband and wife? We do have somebody who's calling in ready to give an answer, and here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, David. This is Kevin. Hey, Kevin. How are you? Good. Okay. I'm going to say I'm going to say Abraham and Sarah. That is correct, sir. You are right, Abraham and Sarah. As spiritual as they were, they had their moments. Right? They tried to help God along That's with right. His promise. Right? <laughs> they were like, hey. like, we'll help you. You're not doing it fast enough. And then... <laughs> Can I tell you... I'm sorry. Hey, Can I tell you one more thing about sure. yesterday's trivia question? I texted you, if you recall, about... I thought you said Mabel when you said Mabel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I looked... I, I had to look up Mabel, and it's from the Latin, and it means... From, from the Latin, amabilis, and it means lovable. So there you go on that. Two, on two Mabel. questions is at one shot. Great job. That was really good. That's an excellent follow-up <laughs> on your part. Lovable. Uh, wow. Very, uh, very good. Great show, David. We love it. Thank you. All right. God bless you. Great job. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> this is what I love about us. Okay? Now, look. Not only do you, does everybody get to allow their, uh, you know, the feedback in, right? But you get to add. You get to add content. I'm telling you, you guys think, I think it's the greatest thing ever. It's like so much fun that way. Uh, But uh, this content is probably a little more original than I'm about to share, and that's because it's the joke time. So here we go. Uh, Okay. This first one, this is gold. Okay, gold. Okay, so you can use the high standard for this. Ready? A person donated to the church, thanks for the generous donation, the church treasurer said, looking at the check she had just been handed. The donor smiled. Well, you can thank the Holy Spirit. The treasurer rolled her eyes and said, come on now. It wasn't that generous. <laughs> is that good? Uh, that one. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, last one on this one. A uh, visitor was curious when he saw the Bible verse on the door from 1 Corinthians 15 51. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. And it all became clear when the visitor realized that was the door to the nursery. See? We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. 
Those are two good jokes. Come on. I mean, that that's good stuff, folks. You can't. I mean, you don't have to pay for it, but come on. That's good. That's good stuff. We'll be uh, live all week long, dark on Mondays. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was doing that Vegas thing again. Uh, Sammy Davis Jr., a personal friend of mine. Uh, here we go. So let's get into the text now. I want to talk to you about this thing in Acts. We've talked about it before. Remember, we just talked about, you know, it could be a new application. It could be a new angle. It could be a new alignment. Whatever the Lord has in mind, just listen. If it applies to you, great. If it doesn't, then you're praying that it'll apply to somebody else. I mean, that's the attitude to have. Even when you're at church and you know the point that, I mean, you know how many— I mean, I've heard so many sermons. I just want to say, I know where they're going, like, most of the time. And it's like, then I'm praying, Lord, let somebody who's never heard that, you know, get that. And then I said, well, Dave, shut up and start listening. I mean, this is like, because I have to do that on a regular basis. Acts chapter 12, verse 7 through 10. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, referring to Peter, and a light shone in prison, and it struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, arise quickly. So, I look at this, and I've taught this before. It's kind of its own separate entity uh, of a type of teach. A lot of people don't teach it this way, uh, but I do because of its application. I look at this as Peter is in prison. He's in uh, jail. He's about to be freed from jail. This is the great story in Acts chapter 12. It's one of the funniest stories in the Bible. People don't realize why it's funny because when he actually gets out and he's knocking on the door and then wrote to the servants like, uh, it's Peter, and, uh, and then she doesn't open the door and he's still knocking on the door. He's just escaped from prison and then they're all going, oh, it's not Peter, and he's still knocking on the door and they're arguing in the room whether or not it's Peter or not while he's still arguing or while he's still knocking. They're arguing. He's outside. He's a, a fugitive knocking on the door and they're going, it's not him, it's him, it's not him. So, I mean, that's if you don't see the humor in that, you're missing the, the whole point. And then even when they open the door, he's like, shh, right? He's like, shush them, right? Here's the thing, though. As it starts off, he's in jail, and there's an angel of the Lord that stands by him, which is, you know, comforting because the, the angel of the Lord, you know, watches over those that fear him, and a light shines in the prison. And I always think of the prison as our lives. I think of it as initially our Christian journey, that we are, before we become a Christian, we're in the prison of disbelief or darkness. And then I also think of it situationally, that we're in prison in uh, something that we struggle against, perhaps a besetting sin. And then I also see it as us being in prison in a circumstance, or a situation. And a lot of people might be uh, strong Bible-believing Christians, but are in prison in a situation. You're in prison in this in this capacity. Some people feel like they're in prison in their job, uh, in, in relationships, and different things. You're like a prisoner. And so uh, I, I give uh, Merlin Carruthers at least the props. He at least got that. I mean, he got that right, and his approach was was fabulous. The idea is that circumstances can become their own bars and prison you in. That's right. There's no question about that. And so there's Peter. He's in an actual prison, which it can apply to any of those things I just mentioned. And then uh, the angel touches Peter. Actually, it says it struck Peter on the side and raised him up and said, get up, get up. And some of us, when we're in our circumstance or in our situation, are beat down so hard and so long that we are just like immobile. It's hard to get us to move, do anything. We're just stuck in it. I don't know. What is I think it's uh, – I can't remember what kind of bird, if it's a parakeet or a canary or whatever. But the bird that stays in the, sta- in the cage, it stays in the cage, stays in the cage, and then they open up the cage door and the bird won't go out. It's like that's kind of like what's going on for some people. 
And in their situation, they're in it so bad. They're stuck in it so long. It's so uh, um, they're so familiar with it that they know of nothing else but being in that prison in that circumstance. Hey, I got a message for you. Get up and get out. It's, I mean, it's like you're thinking, well, that's rude. No, that's freedom. No circumstance that you are in, no situation that you are in is greater than God. And no matter what, there is a weaving that God will bring about something through it that will produce a good. But in the process, don't just sit in the prison stuck. The Lord is wanting to touch some of you and say, get up. Don't let those chains stay on you. Because if you think about what a chain does to, to a person, a person in chains, what's the, they can't do anything. They're stuck. They're, they're, they're limited in anything that they can accomplish. They're limited in anything they can do. They can't function with any sort sense of normality whatsoever. And then in this story, it says, Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison. So there's a light in that darkness, touches Peter, and he says, Get up! And that's what the Lord is saying to a lot of us. You know that circumstance you can't seem to ever get through? You know that sin that you never think you're, you're, you can overcome? You know your situation, that darkness that you're in and that thing that you can't seem to get out of? Hey, the door is open. I'm here. I'm touching you. Get up. And some of us were just like, get up? Get up? Yeah. But it's... It's so discouraging. It's so depressing. Hey, God is trying to tell you he is greater than the prison that you are in. He is greater than the darkness that has surrounded you, and he is greater than that feeling of hopelessness that permeates your heart and mind. He's greater than that. Get up to the Lord. Stand up before the Lord. He is ready to help. Some of us need to get to stepping. Pitter-patter. Let's get at her. Get it? All right, we'll take our break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. You know, it's not just the audience that needs stuff. Sometimes the host needs a little bit of a, you know. A little Tell bit me the of... show's all about you. Well, this segment is. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not about the show, but I would say this segment, and it actually has a title for the DDD. It's called Joke Time. Is Christian humor allowed in teaching? We've actually had complaints. You know, oh, you can't teach the gospel and use humor. That's why Jesus called uh, James and John the sons of thunder because it wasn't a humorous quip. You're right. Uh, Pretty bad exegetical process, but let's look at it. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22. Proverbs 17, 22. A joyful heart is good medicine. A joyful heart is good medicine. You've heard that before. That's not new. You know that's the case. But what happens is people take these unique 
interpretations in scripture and they think that it applies to all processes so somebody actually said to a member at our station you can't use levity in the gospel proclamation because paul says you can't do it in second corinthians and it's like "Eh, wrong answer this is why we do the thing called read that's always fun and uh second corinthians chapter one verse seven says this, in case you were trying to figure out where did that word levity come from. It's only in one translation. It's actually never used in any other capacity. But here is what he was talking about. Was I fickle when I intended to do this? Or when I made my plans, did I make so in a worldly manner in the same breath as to say yes, yes, and no, no? The only time that the potential word levity is used is when Paul is talking about meeting with the Corinthians. And the one interpretation you could use is, was I using lightness? It's not really the word for levity, just in case you're wondering. But was I used, did I use lightness when I made my plans with you? In other words, was I kidding around when I made plans to come see you? No. That's what Paul said. Not, you can never use humor. So whoever kind of swapped those two together really, really needs really needs to like relax. I think that would be the key. And then for those that are just curious, you know, when the gospel talks about, this is kind of one of those classic things, when the gospel talks about making declaration and the foolishness of preaching, the word is moria, moria, from which we get the word silliness. So Paul's like, yeah, preaching the gospel for the Greek people and for the Jewish people in large, it's kind of like a silliness thing. Yeah, that's what he said. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, which I almost blew the last time I was doing it, but then did recover. Uh, Here is your next trivia question. Name Naomi's two daughter-in-laws. Daughters-in-law. Should be daughters-in-law, not daughter-in-laws. Oh, my goodness. Name Naomi's two daughters-in-law. What were their names? Okay. If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. You can send an email to david at hemustincrease.org. We're going to send you to the website where I will remind you very, very diligently, very diligently. Money, 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 money. Money. Okay, we need money. Don't forget, we just paid. Guess what? The covers are low. Uh, they used to do this where uh, Addie Bug would call up uh, with Julianne and she'd say, Grandpa, my pockets are empty. I don't hear no jingles. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So do me a favor. Go to hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemustincrease.org. Praise report? Hemostincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemostincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemostincrease.org. Hemostincrease.org. That is not the only one that is satisfying. I'm sorry. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm sorry. It's dissatisfying. That is just something about it. It's like it completes the – it's like a complete – it's like hitting for the cycle. You know what I'm saying? First to single, double, triple home run. Or a hold in one. There you go. Uh, trivia question. I'm going to give you a hint because some people are like going, what? Uh, name Naomi's two daughters-in-law. Hint one of them. Their name is very similar. Notice I said that. To a former famous female talk show host out of Chicago. Let's see if you can figure that out. Again, if you can call in 972-445-0770 is the number to call, 214-210-8483 to text david at he must org for the email. Let's do history. Let's go. Okay, a couple things to tell you that is very, very, very important. Here's the first thing. Okay, listen. Ready? It's Morris Code Day. <laughs> Did you like that? That's a good way to do it, right? Come on. That's original. Right? Uh, it's To Tell a Story Day. Never forget what John Wimber said about stories. John Wimber said the best thing about stories that I've ever heard any preacher say. I don't like people like, well, I don't know who John Wimber is, or I don't like John Wimber. I don't care. Listen to this great thing he said. Stories always get better with the telling. <laughs> the more often you tell a story, the better the story gets. The more story adds detail. The more you tell a story, the more details you add into it. It's always the case. Uh, it is also baby, uh, Babe Ruth Day. Now, originally I thought they said Baby Ruth Day, and I would have said, okay. But, you know, because it's Babe Ruth Day, but I'd rather have it Baby Ruth Day. Do you like Babe Ruths? You can still make that happen, you know. What's that? You can still make that happen. Okay. Baby Ruth Day. That's what it is. Okay. Uh, and here's the other thing. It is uh, School Bus Drivers Day. That's, I mean, what a job, right? I mean, that is, a, I mean, that, I would just, that's who should be getting 250 grand a year. That's not even a joke they should be getting, right? And then it's National Prime Rib Day. Yeah. <laughs> yum. Yum. Right? So the big thing about that is uh, I went to Durant's in uh, Phoenix, Arizona on Central Street at 60-something Central Street. Uh, that had the best, best, best prime rib. They were long since closed, but best prime rib ever. I mean, you'd order the large, and it just covered the entire plate. It was so it was so good. Now I really want prime rib. Uh, let's see. In 1667, John Milton sold the copyright of Paradise Lost for 10 pounds. Somebody got a good deal. It wasn't him. Uh, also, the 1981, this is very important, the computer mouse was introduced. I'm still working on that they called it a mouse. I mean, just, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's call it a mouse. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to be in the room for the development discussion. You want to call it a mouse? Well, we can call it a director. No, let's call it a mouse. What about, you know, you know, uh, optional like a arrow thing? No, I want to call it a mouse. <laughs> okay, I guess it's a mouse. Uh, last but not least, 1986 on this day, Captain Midnight James uh, jams HBO. Sorry. Uh, this is uh, April 27th, 1986. A video pirate overrode the HBO movie broadcast with a message protesting the cost of the HBO service. I think that's brilliant. So I know. All right, somebody's ready to answer the trivia question. All right, let's go. 
This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, David. It's Samson. Hey, Samson. How are you, my brother? Hey, I'm doing okay. Okay. You are you are you confident for this uh, trivia question? Uh, yeah. I I called Doctor Phil and he helped me. <laughs> You're so bad. <laughs> you are so bad, dude. That is so, so like. Yeah, you'll have to talk to him because I'm not a doctor yet. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my brother. Uh, first, let's take care of the trivia. Name Naomi's two daughters-in-law. Okay. Well, one was Aster. Okay. And the other was the, the doctor Phil helped her to get her sanity back. I mean, not Oprah, but the Oprah. Or- Orpa. Right. Now, the, Orpa. the, the Orpa. first one, the first one. You got to think of not Esther, but you got to think of the particular candy bar. What's the candy bar we were talking about? Do you remember what it was? It was a baby. What kind of Esther? bar? Baby. Yeah, like Babe. Who's the famous baseball player? Babe's chicken. No, Babe. Famous baseball player. It's seven hundred fourteen home runs. Babe. Rouge. Rouge. <laughs> You know you're killing me, right? You know you're making me do that, right? It's <laughs> you know the answer. It's Ruth. No, I honestly don't know. It's oh, it's no. Ruth Boy. and Orpa. Ruth Orpa. and Orpa. Orpa. Okay. <laughs> Ruth and Orpa. Uh, apparently, Oprah's parents did not read that part of the Bible and just misnamed her. She even said that on the air once. They misnamed her because they misread it. It's like, okay, well, I guess that oh, okay. works. Okay, that's fine. All right, how are you doing? You need some prayer today? Oh, sure. I could take any day. Okay, you got it. Let's do it. <laughs> Father, right. Let's pray. Father, we come before you right now. There's a whole bunch of people, Lord, that need just an encouragement, a shot in the arm. We pray for Julianne and Jared, especially my, my, my children. You give them a shot in the arm. They're burnt out in their whole situation with Easton. It's very hard. And, Lord, there's a lot of people that are just going through it, and they're just trying to fight their way through it. And we are praying that you would revive strength for Samson and for everybody else who can hear my voice. Let not people's hearts be troubled. Instead, Lord, let their confidence and their faith and their grace and their peace that they receive from you overwhelm them so that they can know they are in the hand of God. It's your hand, Lord. you got to keep these people. You love these people. They're your people. Keep them close to you. We pray for them in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Amen, my brother. Hey, uh, David. You know, like when uh, Jonah shared his testimony after Nineveh experience with his family or the Tom's, People, they said, oh, that sounds very fishy. <laughs> Samson will be doing his own comedy show uh, Monday right. through Sunday. <laughs> That's so bad. Right. Yeah, good job, brother. Hey, la- laughter is a good medicine. It's good medicine. It certainly is. All, All right. right. Thank you, brother. All right. Be blessed. Bye-bye. Okay. Be blessed, too. Bye-bye. All right, so here I'm going to get to this next section. We'll go a little long because that's just what we do. Uh, All right, so, yeah, that was, by the way, that was Ruth and and Orpa. Orpa, okay. You can understand how somebody would make that mistake. 
I guess. I mean, I'm just okay. Let's just move on. Bob, spell it backwards. Bob. Okay, so uh, we were talking about Peter being in prison, and uh, the angel uh, strikes him on the side and says, "Get up, get up." Now, here's the thing that's important about understanding about rising up. I wanted to. In fact, there's a passage uh, in Isaiah that talks about arise. Okay, and arise, let your light shine, right? Arise. And after Peter stood up, now this is the thing I want you to catch. This is super important. So we'll go like an extra minute or so. After Peter stood up, so now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him and a light shone in the prison, struck Peter on the side, raised him up, saying, arise quickly, get up. After he got up, his chains fell off. This is the key component, okay? If you get a message from the Lord and the Lord says, stand up, and you don't stand up, the chains just stay there. Get up. In other words, if you want those chains to fall off, you got a partner. It's not that it's hard for God to knock those chains off. He's trying to get you to participate. Remember when the children of Israel stood by the Red Sea and they're like, uh, okay. And Moses is like, all right now. All right now, everybody. Now watch this. And like, he's like, not, not like an abracadabra, but like, you know, watch what's going to happen. And then the Lord says, why are you, you know, tell them to go forward. Take a step. And as soon as they stepped, the water split. Like, aha. Aha! Like, take the step, stand up, move forward. Then the chains will fall. Then the waters will rise to the sides. Then the pathway will become clear. Then the way to go is there. But you got to stand up in response to the Lord. Then those chains are going to fall. Arise quickly. The Lord is there to help you and I find deliverance from our circumstance that puts us in prison but he's asking us to participate with him, and part of that is getting up. And some of us are like, mm, I'm too tired. Get up. I'm too tired. There is no I'm too tired. When the trumpet blows and he calls you home personally, you cannot have to do that. You won't have to do that anyway. But that that's not the point. The point is do what the Lord is asking you to do. And then the next thing the angel says is gird yourself and tie, and tie on your sandals, and uh, he did that. And then he says, put on your garment and follow me. And that's what we're going to come to when we come back. We're going to talk about that part of it that follows the standing up and the chains falling off. We'll take our break here, and then we'll come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Don't go anywhere. Just as I am, you reach down. A couple things I think we'll open up with. I've decided to open up with a story that I wasn't going to open up with because it's such an outrageous story, but it's not an outrageously super bad story. It's an outrageously super dumb story. There's a big difference. Bad is when I tell you, which I'll be telling you probably in the next segment, how the federal government is creating a database to track down uh, hate speech as they define it. We'll That's talk, bad. We'll talk about that a little bit. This is dumb, but it's funny dumb. Dumb, ha-ha, funny, but not entirely. Get this. Now, I'm holding a picture in my hands. You can't see it. But there are four monkeys in this picture that I'm holding. And the headline reads this. Millions 
in taxpayer money used to study drunken monkeys. No, no, really, drunken monkeys. And you're thinking, no, you're making that up. Nope, federal government reportedly has spent $3.2 million so far in order to get monkeys drunk in order to study the effect of alcohol on the monkeys. <laughs> I don't know. See, I don't know where you're even going to go. Where are you going to go with this? There's, I'm going nowhere. Dave. There's no I got nothing to there's say. There's no comment that anybody can make. The David Spoon experience. The deterioration of the ecosystem or creation itself is definitely the result of man. You say, well, how can you say that? Well, Romans chapter 8, verse 19 through 21. I just read the scriptures. I don't need anything else. The Bible says this, the creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself would be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. Creation itself is longing for the redemption that comes through Jesus Christ, and until that takes place, it is on a collision course down. The result of the ecosystem or creation itself crashing is a result of man's sin in the garden. So when they say, oh, well, it's not man-made, Oh, yes, it is. Of course it's man-made. It's because we messed up in the garden. But I wasn't with Adam and Eve. You were in the person of Adam and Eve. And if you want me to use it, you were in the life-giving force of Adam and Eve. And if you want me to really say it, you were in the loins of Adam and Eve. You were there, too. They stuck their fist up to God and said, nope. (laughs) And God went, okie dokie, here's the result. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas. Here's your last trivia question. About Jacob's wedding day. I'm going to ask it in a, in a nice way. It gives you a lot of room to answer. Okay? A lot of room to answer. What was unusual about Jacob's wedding day? There's something that happened on his wedding day. What was unusual about his wedding day? Huh? I mean, what was like, uh, well, that's weird. Okay? What was that? If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483, as well as you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. What was weird or unusual or different about Jacob's wedding day? Something in particular happened. Kind of weird. We would all be like going, huh? You know, it'd be like it'd be a major, major. Again, if you think you know, you can uh, reach out and tell us. I do want to encourage people to most certainly, most certainly check out the website. There's all these different things on the website besides the brochures. There's a, a new uh, link for you to be able to access the the shows, the past shows directly. Okay. 
Uh, so that gives you an opportunity to, instead of using an app, you can go do it right off of the website. We got all these different little cool, weird, bizarro things happening, and uh, hopefully that will go good. I personally need prayer for patience and for, uh, what was the other word I wrote down? I wrote this down, but I ripped it up. Uh, patience and wisdom, was that it? What were you going to say? Kind memory? Of, yeah, memory. <laughs> no, I forgot that one. Um, so I need uh, wisdom and patience um because i got a lot of stuff that's happening for us too we got not just the family issues but then we got school issues and work issues and issues i mean that's what it is okay last on the trivia and then i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm telling you this last part of this teaching is really really good what was unusual about jacob's wedding day that was uh Kind of different. Probably probably be a big problem nowadays. <laughs> Bigger problem now than before. Uh, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483, as well as you can send an email to david at hemusincrease.org. I want to go back to this text. We've never even gotten through one zillionth of the message, and we don't need to. We just try and follow the best we can the Lord in this. So I want to go back to this Acts thing. Don't forget what I said about hearing something repetitive times, new applications, new angles, and new alignments. You need to hear that if you didn't hear that in the beginning of this hour. Here's what the text says in Acts 12, 7 through 10, and we're going to take it through the first two verses. Now, behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison. He struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly, and his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. Here's the most amazing part about this, okay? Like we talked about, you could be in a situation that makes you feel like you're in prison. You can be in a darkness that you can't seem to overcome. You can be in a sin that is beating you, just, just beating you on a regular basis, and you know you're struggling with it, and you don't want to really talk to anybody about it, but you know you're going through it, and it's kind of like the besetting sin, and you just really need God's help to get through it. This whole premise of Peter being in a prison, and then the Lord comes into the prison and touches him and says, get up, is so applicable to so many people that in your situation, you are sitting there in prison, in chains, not moving, not allowing any movement to take place, literally being chained and sitting in darkness, and the Lord is right next to you saying, get up. That's enough. And when Peter got up, the chains fell off his hands. And I think it's important for us to recognize that there's participation with the Lord. When the Lord brings about any deliverance, he always, uh, I don't want to say always, that's a dangerous word. He most often includes our participation in that process. So Peter gets up after being chained and in darkness, he's sitting, which most people are doing in the darkness. They just sit there, and he's like, get up. His chains fall off. The angel says, get dressed. Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. In other words, get ready. Get yourself prepared. Get dressed. Don't sit there and wallow in the mire. Get up. If you're riding on a horse, I've taken a horse lesson in Flagstaff, Arizona. Guess what happens when you fall off the horse? 
You land in something soft, and it ain't talking sand. Now, you got two choices. You can lie there, or you can get up and dust it off and get back on the horse. Right? Seven times a righteous man falls, but seven times he rises. And so you put your clothes back on. You get yourself ready. And what's the most amazing thing about this is this little line right here. Well, these little lines are just, like, amazing. He says, gird yourself, tie on your sandals. He did so, and he said, then put on your garment and follow me. And then Peter thought the whole thing was fake until he started following. And then he found out it's not fake. Now I look at that and I go, oh, that's all kinds of ripe teaching right there for you and I to understand. Follow Jesus and what he wants you to do. Do what he wants you to do. Get lost in it, caught up in it. Make that your priority. Consume your mind with it. Be overwhelmed with it. Seek first the kingdom of God. Take everything else and make sure it's not the priority that the stuff for Jesus is. Follow him. Be ready for him. Follow him and you'll find out it's not fake at all. It's real. And you'll go, whoa. Because then you'll know that the Lord is with you in that. And some of us, what we do is we're like, okay, the Lord's touched me. Okay, I'm going to even stand up. Okay, the chains have fallen off. That's good. But I'm just going to stand here because I'm waiting for a car to pick me up so that I, no, get to walking, get to stepping. Start following and follow what the Lord puts in front of you. And if you sit there and you think, well, I don't know what he's putting in front of you. He's certainly in front of you at a minimum. Follow him more. We try to say, Dave, spend more time with God. Yes. 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 If there was a there, there was a huge bell there, it would be like, bing, 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 bing. Because it's like, yes. And maybe it's getting involved in something that's involved in church or fellowship. Or this. I don't know. But don't lay on the ground in the manure. Get up, dust your clothes, dust the stuff off your clothes, get yourself ready, and follow the Lord. And as you follow the Lord, you will find out how real it is and how powerless that prison is to hold you. And it's 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 incumbent upon the church to do better than to just sit in the prison. And I don't care if it's the prison of your circumstance, the prison of sin that you're struggling with. I mean, I understand that all of those apply, but all of those have a savior and a deliverer. And the Lord is a better savior than you are a sufferer. And that should be something we should all go, yeah, he can do a better job of helping me than I can do in sitting in the mire. Arise, get up. The chains will fall off. Get yourself prepared. Get yourself ready. Follow the Lord. Listen to what the angel said. He followed him. He, he put on your garment and follow me. Get dressed and follow me. I got somewhere we're going. Okay, let's go. It's like he's not, he's not even asking where he's going, really. It's just like, I think Peter's like a okie dokie. It's like, he just goes. And that's what we got to just go, whatever it is. Maybe the Lord wants you to just spend more time in prayer, spend more time in your Bible, or maybe he wants you to go to church, or maybe he wants you to be a part of a fellowship, a part of ministry, or maybe he just wants you to, to do anything in his kingdom. Write a, a, an email to people saying how much the, the Lord loves them. Write an email, combine whatever. It doesn't even matter. 
as long as you're willing to go. But sitting on our blessed assurance does nothing for us. It just keeps us in the jail. We got to get up and follow. And what's amazing is the more we follow and the more we put into that, the more we realize this isn't a joke at all. This isn't an add-on. This is real. And when Peter realized what was going on, he's like, whoa. If you remember what happened after that, they got through the iron gates, which opened, by the way, the Bible says of their own accord. They didn't have gate openers back then. I'm not sure if you know this or not, but they didn't have automatic gate openers back in the day. And they go to the gate and it's like, Reek! right? I'll right, get to our trivia in a second, but just keep this in mind. The miraculous came. It's like, ooh, isn't that cool? I mean, that is cool. Cool stuff. All right, what was unusual about Jacob's wedding day? Uh, he married Leah instead of Rachel, the sister instead of the bride. That's unusual. <laughs> we would have to give that credit. Hey, stand up. Go forward. Let the chains fall off. All right, we're done here. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. 22 and a half hour break. Then we'll come back. More insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. Can't stand the skill, can't stand the shame It may be false, but it feels the same The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.